Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Thank you for clicking play and welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University, where we are bringing the best guests to help the trade show industry get better results whether you're an exhibitor whether you're a sponsor whether you're a show planner this is the place to be i'm jim sturmack your host and have you ever heard of motivational design well maybe you've heard of gamification well motivational design is kind of like gamification with a purpose and we are going to be talking about motivational design and gamification today and how to use it at your show for your business for your exhibit i brought on jeff campbell from incently and you are going to just love what he's got to say. You're going to learn a lot today. So we will get to our conversation with Jeff in just a minute. I'm here for you. This podcast is here for you and for you to get better. And if there's a topic that you're looking for, connect with me on LinkedIn. Find Jim Cermak on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Ask me a question. Uh, tell me what you're looking for as far as a topic. I will search for the right guest or cover that topic for you. It is my honor to be able to do that and help you learn and help you get better. Or if you have a question, something you're struggling with, send me a message either on LinkedIn or you can always email me, jim at tradeshowu.biz. You've been trying to figure out what topics have been covered on Trade Show University. It's hard to scroll through. Go to tradeshowu.biz slash episodes. That's tradeshowu.biz slash episodes. And you will see all the episodes by category to make it super simple to find exactly what you're looking for. Just get over there and, and take a look around. Let me know what you think. And make sure when you're over there, sign up for the email newsletter right there on the homepage. Drop your email in there so you don't miss an episode and you get free tips every single week. Now let's go talk to Jeff Campbell from Incently about motivational design. Welcome back, everyone. This is going to be a great episode because it's a topic that everyone is really wanting to know more about, and that is gamification, and not really just gamification, but how to do it right, and a new term that, that our guest has, has told me about, and that is motivational design, and how does gamification, motivational design work together? You're in the right place if you've been wondering about some of this. And my guest today is going to break it all down for you. His name is Jeff Campbell, and Jeff is the founder and CEO of Incently. He helps event stakeholders increase ROI using gamification and motivational design strategies. He's been involved in creating and using gamification for training and events for several years. He's he is the expert in the room today, definitely. Jeff, welcome to Trade Show University. Say hello to everyone out there. Thanks very much, Jim. Hi, everyone. Thanks very much for coming. To, yeah, hopefully I can live up to the the high bar that 
set for me here. So thank, I appreciate the uh, kind words. No, you're you're the guy, and and seen some of some of your work and been uh, through your website. But let's get everyone let's get everyone up to speed, and let's let's talk uh, this new term for me, motivational design. Give a, give everyone a, a definition of what that is, kind of a flavor of what motivational design is, and it's all about. Right. So a bit of the background is, is I definitely would, would say that we dabble in gamification and the way I look at motivational design is when you have a gamification tool, but it's really the strategy around the tool that's meant to drive certain behaviors and those behaviors that we are often terming as an engagement strategy. But those behaviors really should be benefiting all of the stakeholders in the event. So we look at pre-event engagement strategies, in-event and post-event strategies, so that you are designing a larger framework of engagement around not just a tool, but a strategy around that tool. Well, that makes so much sense because I I don't know if I probably not in the minority here when I've I've gone through some gamification I I understand I'm playing games I'm I'm getting in, involved whether it's at a virtual event or hybrid event or, or sometimes right there at, at a live event I'm I'm involved in some sort of a, a screen where I'm I'm going through a game and I get to the end and I'm like well what was the point of that <laughs> it's like yeah. Well, and I have to say, I think we, again, you, in the intro, you mentioned that we've been spending some time in the e-learning uh, vertical and we kind of fell into the event space in 2020 as obviously the pandemic changed how events mm. were run. And from my perspective, coming from another uh, vertical into the event space, I still, to this day, I feel like the word gamification is just really mis used or oh, I should say it's definitely used in a different way in the, than the e-learning side of things. So in the, the, the purest of the definitions is when you're using gamification is you're adding game mechanics into traditional non-game environments. So an event would not be a, a game environment, but you're adding mechanic, game mechanics into that environment to drive engagement. And where I see the term being, I, in my opinion, it's, it's being very loosely used in the event space. Gamification is actually, for the most part, being really defined as a game. Like, I see them as games in the mm -hmm. event space. Like, if yeah. you look at spin the wheels and trivia and, you know, whack-a-mole kind of, those are games. And yes, they're entertaining and they're fun. But to your point is when you finish them, what was the purpose behind that? And yeah. so if it's an entertainment purpose, fair enough, that's, that can make a, an event, you know, more appealing to be at. But where we're coming from it is that we are trying to drive behavior change that leads to specific business outcomes. Now you're talking to the trainer in me <laughs> because that's what it's really all about. It's how are you, how are you changing behavior? Are you transferring knowledge in some way? What is it that, that you're really trying to do? So, so thank you for, for kind of going a little bit deeper into gamification. That it's not just playing a quick game, unless that is the point, unless that is the, someone is trying to make, enter, signing up for a drawing or something a little more entertaining. And so you play a game to get an entry into the drawing or multiple entries, if you depending on how you do in the game. But is that's truly not gamification at its optimal use. 
and even to kind of go a little bit further into that is that if you look into the the actual definition of games and then you break into gamification gamification has another kind of split there a fork in the road and there's basically two kinds there's structural gamification and there's content gamification so if you look at content gamification that's where you take obviously content and you form it into a game and like a good example of that would be like a crossword puzzle for example so you've got some you know terms and definitions and then you want to put it into a more appealing or interesting way for someone to engage with that Whereas in structural gamification, you are not changing the content into a game. You're adding those game mechanics so that the content is irrelevant. It's the actions that you're putting game mechanics on. So even within the gamification, I would say, you know, umbrella, there's two kind of camps there. And so that's where, again, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of event companies or platforms have, you know, I think on the, their websites, you'll see, oh, we have, we offer gamification and what they offer is a leaderboard and fair enough. That's a, that is a structural gamification, okay. I would say solution. You've got a, a point mechanism. So, so the attendees are earning points for taking some actions and that lands them on a leaderboard. So that's a good example of, I think a lot of companies have uh leaderboard system so that Mm -hmm. it's it's the step in that structural gamification approach but the problem with leaderboards is is that they appeal only to a small number of people because if you're not at the top well where where does your level of interest fall if you're not near the top and so again there's problems with leaderboards and i think that's another issue i've seen in the event space is that it seems meet to me more of like a catch you know feature on the platform that they're saying we've got we've got gamification and really they've got points and leaderboards and that's about it. And so that's from, you know, my travels in the event industry in the last year of what I've, what I've seen. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, leaderboards to me seem more internally focused. So I'm the show planner. I'm the, I'm the event organizer. I'm putting together a leaderboard and it's really going to benefit me in the long run because I'm going to be able to get more data out of it. But at the end of the day, it might not benefit, might not benefit my attendees all that much other than maybe they'll, they might be able to experience some different things, but really what we want to do, you tell me from a, from a motivational design standpoint, let's, let's, let's bring that into the mix here from a motivational design standpoint, we want to make sure that there's benefit to also the the attendees, not just us. And, and so there's a win-win. So there, right. there's benefits both sides. For sure. And again, if you look into the gamification, I'd say research and, and frameworks is that there's different player types as they call them. So there are people that are motivated and interested in different aspects of game mechanics. And one of the problems with leaderboards is that it caters to a specific persona of uh, of user that really is appealed to leaderboards so they're really they're defined as achievers so they really want to go in and be at the top out of the whole population of your user group generally that's actually a small fragment of your it's like 10 percent or less of the people are genuinely interested in that so that's the problem with leaderboards is they they're actually catering to a minority of the group And then if you take a step back and say, well, what's the point of adding elements of gamification into this environment? What's the point of adding a leaderboard if it's only appealing to a very small percentage of your users? 
And so I always say with what our platform has leaderboards and we've come at it. It was actually a later feature ad that we put in there because of the, the reasons that I'm just speaking to is it's not something that appeals to everyone. So I think when we work with clients, we always say, what is the persona of your end user? Is this a group of people that are generally overall competitive in nature? Would they find a leaderboard and appealing and, you know, status position to be, you know, recognized? So a, a lot of it starts from the client's end user and figuring out, is this someone that, like, is it a, you know, a sales group that typically is, is more associated with the competitive nature? Or is this, you know, maybe say a philanthropic uh, group where they're more about, you know, nurturing and caring for, you know, causes, I don't think those personas are going to have the same interest in leaderboards. And so we actually recommend turning leaderboards completely off for certain clients. I agree with your point. I think a lot of leaderboard data can be very useful for the organizer to see who, obviously who's the most engaged and what are they doing. But there's some other interesting strategies, different types of leaderboards. So you can have a competitive leaderboard where it's think of user versus user, but we also have collaborative leaderboards. So you can put people on a team where they collect points together. Oh. And so it's like a team effort. And then the last part I would put in there is the ability to reset them. Because if you think about a, a longer term time frame, if a leaderboard just continuously runs over time, then if you join, if you know, if Jim started three months ago and I start today, well, how will I ever catch Jim? He's right. got so many more points than I do. So having the ability to reset the leaderboard on a frequent time frame to allow new people that are coming into the environment a chance to earn or get to the top. So there's lots of little things like that that I think can make a big difference. Uh, I, I just haven't, yeah, I haven't seen much of that, of that, you know, examples of that, but it's the thought going into the leaderboards that I think from the start, like, is this the tool that you want to be using? And it looks like it's just a checkbox on a lot of, you know, you know a lot of offerings. It's like, we have gamification, we have a leaderboard <laughs> and then yeah, that's it. That's it. So I think you just, you have to be careful with them. Okay, so so now we're talking about motivational design, and you're working with a you know, for example, you're working with a show organizer, their the event planner. They're they're trying to put together a great event, and they are at the at the starting point. What kind of things do you want them to think about? If it's not leaderboards, what other things would they have opportunity to in, incorporate into their events, or what what should they be considering and thinking about as they as then they figure out which tool, which gamification uh, elements can be utilized most effectively. I think it starts with the desired outcomes. And so you look at what is the, what are the behavior changes among each of the groups of people involved in, in the event that you want to increase in frequency or duration and what are the end benefits? So I like to break it into the different stakeholders. So you've got the event planner. So what is the, what are the behaviors that you want to see? And so again, pre-event, you want to have lots of registrations and you want to get a lot of exhibitors to come into the event. And so designing strategies and adding these elements of gamification into say the registration process in terms of referring friends and how can you get the exhibitors to submit their content in a timely manner all of these pain points that the event planner has 
you can start to add these elements of motivational design to them. So add adding in the those some interesting components of gamification. That's what our platform does to help facilitate that. And then in the event piece itself, we want the attendees to get the most out of the experience so we can start to look at what behaviors do you want to see, see from them. In this particular event, is networking like your goal to increase that particular behavior? Or is your, like we're working on an event right now where the event organizers main goal is to drive traffic to the exhibitors so okay. how do we use motivational design to add the behavior incentives to drive that traffic to the exhibitors and so each each event i think like you look at those particular outcomes that you're trying to achieve and then you start to build in your strat your motivational design strategies to nudge people in those directions awesome it reminds me of uh stephen covey in his uh classic book the seven habits of highly effective people and is the one of the, the top things is begin with the end in mind begin what are those desired outcomes what are you trying to accomplish and then work backwards and that is uh, just such a smart way to, to go about it so from a from a show designer standpoint what are your main goals and and then figure out how do we best get to those? Is is it the same same process if you're an exhibitor, or or do you go through some different? different yeah, and, and yeah. So I, I kind of left out a couple key groups there. So another yeah. is the speakers, like looking yeah. at like what is it that you want to help? Do you want to help them uh, deliver you know more more talks? Do you want them to be rebooked? Do you want them to help get them connections to the attendees? So you look at again frameworks i think speakers play a critical role in the engagement piece of mm -hmm. an event and for the exhibitors uh, every anyone who's ever been an exhibitor the number one thing you're after are qualified leads and so looking at yeah. we we can help design frameworks to increase the number of leads that you get and but then we can also provide uh sentiment around those leads so if you've ever been at on, on the floor of a of an expo hall and you've got your technology where you're rating the you know the warmth of your lead from cold to hot, uh -huh. I've always found that really hard to do because every conversation, to like most conversations, seemed like well that was really good, but but to not have data, like we look at it as you want data to support the sentiment of that lead and how they're interacting with that exhibitor. And you can do that with technology and through, again, motivational design strategies. But it comes from the, the event planner and how they're strategizing the, the reward system, the gamification system to drive that traffic to the exhibitor. And then once they're at the exhibitor, we can then look at what are the behaviors you want that lead to take. And the lead gen is one thing but I want a meeting booked and then I want the actual meeting to take place. So we go all the way down that route to actually get a quality interaction with the exhibitor. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking my language, it's something I, I talk a lot about is qualifying that lead and leading to what you really want to have happen. Because there's been so many companies that I've worked with over the years and also, once I'm sure still still do this today, their idea of we of their desired outcome is we just want a, a bigger stack of business cards this year, or we want more badges scanned, and then they spend so much time on the back end following up to leads that weren't qualified, 
or it wasn't the right person or you know it wasn't the decision maker whatever it is they're spending so much time in it and wasting a lot of time that could be done on the on the front end and now in in a way better way using technology and helping vet uh, and maybe put put those leads into different buckets so, so you can follow up even more effectively absolutely yeah it, it's all about that efficiency of the lead so obviously getting lots of leads is one thing but qualifying them is a is a huge part of helping you you know navigate through that okay yeah yeah, totally agree i know a question that that may come up is expense is it very expensive to come up is is are there like some plug and play games out there that that would be very simple to to implement that wouldn't break the bank obviously for a company that's got a, a budget that is way up there they could do i'm sure a lot of customized work to put together everything but let's talk about someone who wants to do something maybe quickly or that doesn't have a, t- a huge budget yeah there are there, I, we have a number of conversations that we've started with clients that have come to us and it said like hey we're running our gamification system on you know, spreadsheets, is there a, what do you think about what we're doing? And do you think you can help? So there's definitely people out there that are running uh, systems, I'm going to say manually. I think that's where it comes into you know, the technology component of it. What is it that you want to achieve with the engagement elements that you're taking, like that you have in mind? And again, it comes back to the planning. Like, do you want games? Do you want trivia? Do you want spin the wheel? Do you want those types of, I'd say, entertainment parts of your of your event to happen? Or do you want to have, I'm going to say, the structural gamification where what we're seeing is, is the ability to drive behavior change and lead generation. And so it really depends on, like, what is it that you're trying to achieve at the event? And, and to be honest, you could add both of those, depending on your budget, of course. But I think that's where I look at these these clients that have been doing some of this on, say, spreadsheets, the cost, like what is the cost of doing that the manual input hours that you're putting into that versus using technology and then having it automated? That to me is the big difference. So we're obviously in the automated tool camp. So we say that we can help manage a much larger audience. Like obviously, as your attendee number gets larger, it gets harder and harder to manage things, say, manually. So that's where I see the scalability comes down to the the size of the audience. I'd like to assume that the larger the audience coming to the event, the, obviously the more dollars are coming in the door to, to spend on the technology to, to support that. So what you from what you've said, and, and thank you for that, that's a you know, great answer. From what you said, though, it also sounds like doing it right is you shouldn't just look at the dollars being spent on the actual gamification itself, but look at what can we save on the back end by, by in- implementing technology that's going to save us hours of time on the follow-up process, hours of time in, in getting, and, and what is the data that we're getting from this? If it's designed right and it's getting us the data that, that we're looking for, what is that worth to us? So there's a lot that really needs to be considered. Absolutely. So there's that element for the, especially for the exhibitors, but from the event planners perspective, if you look, I firmly believe done right, it's actually a marketing strategy because what you're going to get is an engaged attendee will get more value out of the event itself. You'll nudge them to do a bit more. They'll learn more. They'll network more. They'll get more benefits from the event itself. 
which means they're more likely to come back to your next event. So really the engagement, the motivational design strategy is about the engagement piece is to really keep that attendee engaged with your event and they're going to come back to the next one. Same with the exhibitors. The strategy yeah. there is we've provided you a solid lead generation system and a positive ROI for you. They will also come back to your next event. So it's why is engagement important? It's important for the long-term sustainability and profitability of your event. Love this. <laughs> it all trickles up. So if you have an attendee that has a great experience, not only at the at the event, but at individual booths, you're going to have happier exhibitors because they got more data, they got better quality leads, whatever they were trying to get out of it. And then happier exhibitors mean they're going to re-up for next year. Maybe they're going to buy additional sponsorship spots and, and get more involved, which is going to make the event overall more successful. I love this. This is it is just a fantastic way to do it, but it's got to be done right. Like you said, it, it really takes a lot of pre-planning and a thought. It does. It does for sure. And I, I find that in the events that we're currently working at is that again, you have a tool that you can use, say like our tool comes in as a technology solution to do this for you at the event. But equally important is the strategy around the tool. And that's why I term it motivational design, because you need to look at what is it that at any stage of the event, like pre-event, what are the behaviors that we really want to see happening at this point in time? And so working with the event planners to say, these are the, we want registrations. That's our number one focus right now. So how are we going to do that? And so we can build systems like refer a friend features where a registered uh, attendee can earn points for successfully referring their friend to enroll in the same event. So you can build like a, a user affiliate system before the event even happens. And then looking at well, what's the most critical point when someone comes into an event is like, I for me personally, I always want to see people filling out their profile. So how do you encourage people to fill out their profile in an event, add some elements of motivational design to that, add some gamification to that. So there's ways that you can start getting people to take these actions that you're, that you know, will have a knock on benefit. So for profiles, for example, that will improve the networking at your event. It will improve the lead generation abilities of, for your exhibitors. Cause I now have some more information about this, this attendee. So there's lots of strategies in very particular parts of the event. Like I say, the pre-event process that we like to look at and say, uh, we could help improve those so that the rest of the effect in the event will be, you know, the, there's other benefits that we'll, you'll see throughout the event from just those, those actions. Wow. Really given everybody a lot to think about and maybe rethinking what they thought they knew about gamification and how it should be done. And it's more than just, oh, I'm going to play a game, but gamification just is more of a strategy. Like you said, motivational design, you're motivating people to do what exactly you need them to do to get a desired outcome. Just, <laughs> just great stuff. So Jeff, as we, as we come to a close here, give us a top one or two things you really want people to take away from our discussion today. I'd really like people to start thinking about event engagement as a longer period of time than the few days that it typically lasts for. So I've mentioned this pre-engage, pre-event engagement strategies that we look at. 
you also have these in events, uh, obviously strategies, but also post events strategies to get people like people to come back to consume content that they may have missed or maybe weren't able to partake in. It not only adds value to the attendee to, to keep consuming more content, like I think of it as a content consumption strategy, but it's also a way to stretch the value for your exhibitors and sponsors if they know that people are constantly coming back in to consume this content beyond the few days that you typically run an event. And so that's where I really, my desire on, on promoting motivational design is to look at a, a longer engagement strategy around an event. Outstanding. So everyone consider gamification, but really the motivational design. It's going to take a lot of thought, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of creativity to do it right, but it could pay for itself so many times over. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing all this today. Please uh, tell people a little bit about Incently. Great. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Incently adds a virtual currency to an event, whether it's a hybrid event or if it's virtual or in person, as long as the technology is being used by the attendee, uh, we award coins, virtual coins for actions that they take. So for example, for registering or referring a friend, networking, filling out their profile, engaging with an exhibitor, all the actions that we can listen to, we can assign a coin value to. And then based on the event planner, what their, what their desired outcomes are, we can change that economy as we call it. So if the outcome is to, we really want to drive traffic to sponsors, then we can increase the coin value for taking that particular action. And so we can start to modify the coin economy to match the desired behaviors and, and incentives um, that they're trying to really ha have at that particular event. Those coins accumulate in a user's wallet, which can be spent in, a, in an incentive store that's populated by the exhibitors and sponsors. And as the attendees interact with those items through purchases, we have raffle draws and auctions and fundraisers and other things, which acts as a lead generation tool because the products that they're putting in there are offered obviously by the sponsors and exhibitors. And so it's a way for them to get additional leads uh, especially in a virtual environment, it's really hard as an exhibitor. How do you get people to get interested in what you offer? And so that's the system. They earn the attendees earn coins for taking actions in the event, which can be spent in their exhibitor-filled incentive store. Very, very cool. I love it. And I, you, you hit a, you said a, a word that uh, triggered something in me, and that was fundraising. So there's so many different things that you could do with it, not just uh, from a traditional trade show and trying to get leads in business, but you may want to have some sort of affinity marketing built into this as Absolutely. well. It's, it's a really, it's a marketing strategy for the event planner, as well as the exhibitors. Like there's a lot of marketing in the, I would say as a strategy overall as well. Awesome. So if people wanted to find out more about Incently and uh, maybe reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. So we have our website, Incently.com. And of course, I'd be happy to chat with anyone who has, spends this time to listen to your podcast. So just, yeah, feel free to email me directly to Jeff at Incently.com. Another great way to yeah reach out. Fantastic. Also, sorry, one last thing we do have on our website, we do have a white paper about, it's called the Event Gamification Booster. If you download that, you will see like their entire frameworks that we work with. It's exactly the process that we use. So you could get a good window into uh, improving even just on your own. If you wanted to do it on uh, spreadsheets, you could uh, get a really good insight on how you could improve that. 
Fantastic. So get over to incently.com. I'll drop a link into the show notes and check out that gamification booster white paper and learn more about the possibilities and what you can do to, to put this powerful tool into your events, into your booths and, uh, going forward it could just be a game changer for you jeff thank you so much this has been awesome this has been awesome i learned i learned a ton today and i know everyone else uh, listening hopefully you've learned a lot i really really appreciate you coming on today my pleasure jim thanks so much for having me along it really enjoyed our conversation as well and everybody consider what you can do with gamification reach out to jeff and and his team and if you have questions and uh, download that white paper that's going to be some great information for you and continue to learn figure out how do i get better how do i increase the roi and go binge on some uh, some other episodes of trade show you keep coming back here on campus each week at trade show university we'll see you next time Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Michael Green. Michael creates and hosts wine and food experiences that build relationships and drive sales. From conferences to off-sites, Michael's high-energy presentations are informative, highly entertaining, and resonate for years to come. Find out why CMO firm Chief Outsiders said this about Michael. Michael does much more than develop events. He creates memorable experiences for his clients and their guests. His expertise spanned all elements from planning to execution. What made the events truly special and memorable were Michael's knowledge, experience, contacts, and flair. He not only made us look good, he ensured we remained relevant in the eyes of our guests throughout the evening. So looking for a way to stand out at your next conference or increase your conference ROI? Then go to michaelgreen.com. That's www.michaelgreen.com to learn more.